Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Ben Griffin Podcast. On this week is Alex. He's returning from the first episode, this time starring in his own. I'm very excited to have him back. This podcast has been about a year in the making. I'm really excited to finally have it and sit down and talk to him about altitude training, the difference between steroids and what you can get as a result from training in the Rockies or the Alps or what have you for those athletes. He's going to describe and break down the differences between the two, how they're similar, how they're different, along with some other topics that he's bringing in. To be honest with you, I don't know what they are, but I'm excited to find out. So thanks for tuning in and enjoy the podcast. Alex, welcome back to the show, my man. Yeah, it's good to be back, man. Yeah, on better terms, too, because that first show, I kind of just, like, dragged you down with me because it's the first one. You got to step off the ledge, you know. And I just called you and Isaiah because it was like Thunder Buddies, you know. Just grab your Thunder Buddy and then say these magic words. And I just ended up pulling you guys down with me. So I had to have you back because I wanted to get a chance just to have you talk a little bit about some of your interests that you're in. Um, specifically altitude training and EPO. Was that correct? Yep. Uh, EPO, the, or erythropoietin, but I'm going to say EPO because that, that's a lot easier. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> well, and I also wanted to say just a general announcement before we get rolling. I woke up this morning and I had a surprise. I was looking on Instagram and, um, well, I shouldn't even say that I wasn't on Instagram yet. I went to the lunch table and we usually, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we all eat together. It's our group. And I get this chance to kind of keep up with everyone, see how everyone's doing. And Cousin Vinny, who came on the podcast before you, which was two weeks ago, because I just got slammed with work, has decided that he is going to start his own podcast and has already done it. He's already recorded two of them. And I just listened to his full-length second episode today, and it was fucking fantastic. Like, you know, obviously it's his first big one, so the product isn't going to be great. I know because I'm still there. I'm still figuring out how the hell this works. But, oh, my God, it's one of the fun, some of the most fun I've had just hanging out with a podcast and just listening because he'll hit these points that you're just like, what the, what are you talking about? But thank, it's it's Cousin Vinny, so you got to love the fact that he's just an entertainer. And I think he came on with his buddy Nick, and they were both great, so... To the listeners out there that were interested, especially in that last podcast, Cousin Vinny's got his new one out. It's called Candice, C-A-N-D-I-S. You'll be able to recognize it right away. If you're looking at Spotify, just type in Candice with Vincent. It should pop right up there. But otherwise, give it a look because I had a great time with it. I laughed. It's far, in a way, um, more lewd than mine is. But because it is, you just have more fun with it. It's more chill. It's much more relaxing than just listening to me talk about, you know, things that interest me. He talks more about, like, I don't know, crazy stuff that only Vinny could get into. You know, he's a character in his own right, and he's just entertaining. So I highly recommend anyone who's listening, go check out Vincent's Candace. It's fantastic. But let's get back to this. Alex, good to have you back, man. Yep, and it's great to be back. Yeah, so today I guess I actually brought this to you last year because yeah, I was, yeah, I was in uh, my anatomy and phys class and my um, prof was like, 
so here's like a bunch of different things that we'll get into today but he's like it's kind of a dumb thing that you can't do this like you can't shoot up with epo or erythropoietin um because it's considered like a banned and a doping substance or performance enhancing drug but you can go and if you have the money to go train at high altitude which in like will get your certain doses like the same effect so i was like well ben's a sports guy i mean well, and I'm a science guy, so I was like, well, we maybe could, like, <laughs> marry this. And... Yeah. Well, and it was so perfect, too, because it was almost a year after I did a report on the Russian drug scandal in Pyeongchang during the Olympics. And one of the things that happened, and I was pulling it up before we jumped on the podcast today, is that altitude training is used by a majority of athletes in the Winter Games, right? But at the same time, a lot of steroids that the Russian athletes were using, and I found this story really funny, was they would go in to do, they would do drugs, the steroids would be given to them by whomever that that was training them. There's like five different branches you can go down in Olympic, you know, regimes. But when they go in to do the drug test, one of the doctors carved out a hole in the wall of the bathroom that all the athletes had to go into and then put a metal plate over it. And some people will know what these look like because they're just, they look like a CD put up alongside the wall and drilled in. They're in American bathrooms too, but he would leave it unscrewed. And so they would be able to pull back this piece of metal and pull out a clean urine sample from there and then put the thing back on. And it was literally a glory hole. Like you, you passed your test, you went through with the steroids and you were able to win and compete in your events. And I know a lot of runners did that. But it was so timely. And you brought it up at such a perfect moment because it's a hot-button topic between winter athletes and summer athletes now that are doing it a lot more. Is training in the mountains, is it fair? And it sounds so stupid, but in a way it is because even though substance can get you the same results, you go up in the mountains and for 15 days you become almost superhuman. And uh, yeah, I feel like there's so much, there's still a lot of space we have to cover with what should be legal in the Olympics and what isn't legal in the Olympics. And this is leaking over into MMA. I've even seen it in basketball too. Uh, With high high school and college athletes, it's kind of cool. We talked about this a little bit in our class because we did do like a test or a study with caffeine. Right. And I think it's either the NCAA or like a high school league for competitive sports. They have a cutoff line for caffeine. You're There's kidding. A, yep. So they have like basically they'll do this thing because caffeine is actually like is a performance enhancing drug. I mean, if you take caffeine, you'll be able to exert more. It, um, wow. So, I never thought of it that way. But now that I do, that's what um, a lot of the like glue is used in cycling. I never thought of it that way, but those are all caffeine, like pure caffeine. Yep. Um, you talk to any like hardcore lifter or probably not even hardcore lifter, like a gym bro. I don't know. <laughs> like something like along, I guess I categorize, categorize myself as a gym bro. I, you are, you're like, a headband away. Yeah. I, I, I should get a headband, <laughs> but yeah, like a gym bro, they take pre-workout, which we're going to have all these things like beta alanine, beta alanine. Oh my gosh. BCAAs. Okay, I'm gonna just say that. You're fine. I, yeah. When it comes to like the the actual Latin pronunciations, 
don't worry. I've, I'm going to botch so much stuff on this. Don't be embarrassed. Yeah, that's the bad part. I'm like, I take these science classes and I can't pronounce half the crap. I literally like so, so glad that nursing has all these acronyms <laughs> because I was like, I would be stumbling over these words. Well, the thing day. is, too, like you got to give yourself some credit because you navigate it so well. You navigate it better than most nursing majors I know. And that's not to be like, oh, my God, there's terrible people in nursing. There's some great people in nursing. You're just you're functioning at a higher level that most people don't seem to recognize. You're holding down a job, you're doing music and you're doing this nursing deal and accelerating in it. And almost every chance I see you, you seem to have a new thing on the brain. So don't cut yourself short. If you can't pronounce a word, I'm in communication. I can barely say rhetoric when I want to. So please. Yeah. So I'm going to apologize ahead of time for any (laughs) word stumbling here, but yeah, that caffeine thing in athletes, the cool thing, or not the cool thing about this, but like I may sometimes in this week I've been feeling like, or the past two weeks I've been feeling a little like under the weather. So yeah. to get me into the gym, I'll pound a bang or like some, and it's a pre-workout. It's 300 milligrams of caffeine and then other substances, which are probably like trace amounts that have an effect they say they do. Yeah. There'll be something like to help out your like muscles create energy, but the big one is the caffeine, right? It's going to have your, like, all that. It's going to allow your body to exert more because, I mean, anybody knows caffeine will hype you up. If you have any, like, if you have the ability to uptake caffeine, some people don't. Like, some people, caffeine doesn't do anything. You can slam five monsters, you'll be fine. But that's the thing. Your body might, um... That, that's a freaky thing to think about, <laughs> that there's people out there, those general freaks that are numb to the caffeine, yeah, but some people's like bodies don't metabolize it, and if it doesn't like metabolize it, it just gets peed out. So like these high school and college level athletes, they have to be under a certain level. Yeah. And so like if me and you were in a running, uh, in a race, in a running, but in a running contest, yeah, sure. in a running contest, <laughs> like let's say we're doing something that you know we both could do, something like you know a five k, which is a joke because I cannot run more than half a mile. But let's uh, well. I've got to go running all timeliness. Cousin Vinny and me are going running tomorrow, and I, I'm worried I'm going to die because I've been playing <laughs> basketball, which is like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So I feel conditioned, but to have that concentration and to fight Will all the way through a four- or five-mile run like he wants to do tomorrow, I think I'm going to die. Thank God you're a nurse. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, if me and you, let's say we both took – 300 milligrams of caffeine which is a large amount of caffeine that will like i mean for me it hypes me up like i get there get into the gym i feel like i can do like a lot more than i usually can and go longer which is there's a central like my god i'm blanking but i we always called it the for lack of a better term because i know maybe my family's listening to this (laughs) the effort syndrome so if you're ever doing something and you ever just like you might not actually get fatigued, but your brain will like notice that it's using up a lot of its like substrates mm-hmm. to do like nerve impulses. And it might just say, F it, I'm done. So if you're ever like doing workouts and you're like, you probably could push yourself more and you just go, I'm done. Well, caffeine might also help with that. They don't know too much. Not a lot of studies done on it, but yeah. caffeine will help. But getting to my point here. We both can drink the same amount of caffeine, and depending on how our body metabolizes it, our P-tests, I would, could come under the line, and you would, could come over the line. So it's kind of like, oh, you cheated. You took too much caffeine. 
Yeah, but, but the body rec- the body produces or breaks it down differently. So yeah. you would have the same amount, I would have the same amount, but you would break down the caffeine where I wouldn't. And you would... I'd get screwed by Yeah, it. you assumingly would have more. But that's that's just a something about caffeine. Wow. I'm wow. I didn't realize that it was it was considered an enhancing drug. I've I've played with uh well, I should say my last game when I played in high school, my one of my best friends, Matt, who was our goalie, drank two monsters right before the game. And it it certainly didn't enhance his ability. He was a very talented goalie. But I swear that kid could smell color. Like there was, there was a look in his eyes, or that you just something wasn't right. We almost thought he was so jittery that he wasn't going to be able to perform. He did fine. Like I'm not demeaning him. He was great goalie. He did had a great game. But I never thought of it in that light of as an as an enhancer. Sorry, I'm stumbling over my words here. We it's we're, f- we're recording this in the evening, so it's been a long day. I get to sit down and kind of relax to talk with you about that. So forgive us for stumbling over our words a bit, but continue. I cut you off. Anyway, so I don't know where. Well, let's crack at it. Yeah, well, let's start at the beginning. Um, let's break this down generally because what I know about altitude training is that there's a huge misconception that it strengthens your lungs, and I say the lungs in quotations because that's what people generally believe it is, but in reality. It's training, or it's uh, it's training your body to have more red blood cells to carry oxygen to certain areas more efficiently, so you're able to push yourself for longer periods of time. But that only lasts for about 15 days before your body cycles out of that. That is about it. That's about where I end. I don't know where the connection is with steroids. I don't know where the connection is with um, the elevation mass. I believe they're called. Um, the training mask that people have been using, the resistance mask. Yeah. Are that what they called? They're some people call them like high altitude masks. High altitude masks. But yeah. Resistant would be better named for it. But all of this is connected in training, and where is the line between steroids and altitude training? Because you have alluded that I shouldn't say allude, but you've kind of described them as you can get similar results from steroids that you can from altitude training and people in higher amounts of wealth or countries with access to wealth can get their athletes to higher elevations commonly and basically give other give their athletes a leg up on the athletes that don't so i guess start at the beginning you know what is true what's not true what did i just say that was bs is it real that it's training your body to produce more red blood cells yeah, um, it, yeah, I'm going to start at the beginning. I actually Dude, wrote notes, but okay. you are so formal. So, Look at you. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't, <laughs> I really wanted to do this right, guys, because I was thinking about it for a while. And I mean, this podcast Ben cares a lot about, I mean, might as well give her my all. But. You're, you're warming my heart after I took you down in that first one. Again, I'm so no. sorry. You can hear the nervousness in my voice and like <laughs> the childish excitement. But this is even better, so I'm happy to have you back, man. Glad you got something interesting that you wanted to, yeah, speak so up on. I guess the only thing that I'm gonna st- I'm gonna start at like m- the favorite body organ of this, and it's gonna be everybody's hot topic. And I bet it's not what you're thinking it is. I'm concerned what you're gonna say. <laughs> it's one that's very, very dear to my heart. Actually, actually, there's two of them. Okay, you have two, and it is not lungs. 
Oh, it is your kidneys. kidneys? It is your kidneys. Really? Yep. Oh, whoa. Oh, yeah. Kidneys are, I have, for those who don't <laughs> know, I've had heart. a lifelong, not, I shouldn't say a lifelong struggle, early life struggle with my kidneys, but they are, uh, they're actually very essential for your health um, and your life, I guess, without them. As one of my nursing profs, profs would say, if you didn't have kidneys, that's not compatible with life. <laughs> I mean, she, not wrong. Yeah, she drops that on all the time. She just asks us a question. It'll be like something very severe, like, oh, if you can get hit by a car and you're, you know, your head cracks open, she'll be like, that's not compatible with life, is it? It's like, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That, that's that got to be a discussion for another time is how crazy, like, people develop their own slang, and it's just them. It's just one teacher you have has their own way of saying certain things, and you're just like, okay. That that that's coming from somewhere. I don't know where, but that's got to be for another day. What? Yeah, but I don't want to like cut you off because I could no. go on a tangent about that. Oh, I know. You get start talking <laughs> about other things. Oh, I have to. I have to worry. That's why I wrote the note. Yeah. Sheet, so I don't just talk in a circle. Yeah, because you came on Ben's show to get distracted <laughs> by Ben, who invited you to talk about a topic, who's therefore distracting you from that topic. So thank God for you. God bless you. Yeah, but your kidneys are super important for everyday living i mean something like i think it's like they filter 185 liters of oh. like water which it's like you don't have that much in you but it'll just keep circulating out and out and they do a lot of regulation with your blood volume so there's actually a thing like if i was losing a lot of blood which is like something would be like hypovolemic shock so my blood volume is dropping so my blood pressure is tanking Okay. So it's just going down. And if you have blood pressures that's tanking, you probably can't, one, move or anything like that because you'll pass out. Not enough blood's getting to your brain. Also, another thing is when your blood pressure tanks, you're going to die. Like, that's a thing. Like, you will – Yeah. Eventually, you will die. So you want to – your kidneys over long term, and I mean, I guess in the sense of, like, getting loss of blood, it won't be that long. But over hours or days, they'll sense that, hey, there's not that much pressure here. We need to like kick it up so they'll start retaining water. So if you get like have a lot of blood loss or if you are not drinking a lot of water, which would lead to hypovolemia. So like your blood is red cells, right? Floating in plasma, which is for all of like for lack of a better term, water. Okay. It's just floating in water with some proteins also floating in there, but we'll call it water for right now. So if you don't drink enough water, you'll get hypovolemic. You'll start to drop your BP. So your kidneys are go, oh, we should probably fix this. Stop peeing. So it'll hold back urine. That's why if you get dehydrated, you don't your urine's real dark in color because that's all the waste that you want to get rid of mm -hmm. with as little water that you want to get rid of too. Yeah. So like that's that's really cool what the kidneys do. But they also do another thing that is very important for what we're talking about, and it's something that has to do with anemia. So do you know what like anemia is? This thing where you have either damaged red blood cells a lot of them so sickle cell anemia is you have sickle shaped so like crescent shaped red blood cells you cannot carry as much oxygen on those red blood cells okay so any people who have anemia get lightheaded and short of breath a lot fatigued really easy which kind of ties in with like if you're i won't go there because i know i'll just go off on a tangent and people will be like where the hell is this guy going but let me let me take a note i'll just take a note if we get there we get there all right but 
So you have anemia. That can be also from loss, blood loss. It can be from uh, multiple different things. You have kidney failure. You will get anemia too because your kidneys excrete this hormone, a.k.a. erythropoietin. Erythro is like blood. Um, it usually with blood cells, right? Erythrocytes are blood cells. Um, thank you for breaking it down to human terms for yeah. me too because you could just glass right over that. <laughs> erythropoietin. And then it's like, that's the that's the hormone, okay? So I'm going to call it EPO or EPO for short. Okay. Just to make everybody who is listening so much happier. Please. I, well, you're making me happy listening because I've had you and I've had Jack on, and you guys were throwing terms at me that I, I ain't no doctor. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, no, but I it's whatever makes it easier for you. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, in everybody's day, yeah. everybody's lives, you'll get wrapped up in your own lingo like we we're talking before and yeah you start talking amongst the nurses and they'll throw out all these terms and you're like i'm following and somebody sitting outside will be like what the hell yeah what or, was that or like comp sci people where they're literally talking in code <laughs> that is i can't sit at a lunch table with some of my friends who are comp sci majors anymore because it just the coding and the way they talk about coding and the math behind it all the different programs it drives me crazy yeah but so your kidneys are very good at sensing like they regulate they do a lot of regulation that's all your organs in your body do is regulate to maintain homeostasis to maintain this static level even though you're in a changing world like that's what that's living that's what your body on a cellular level and like an organ system level is trying to do keep you alive in this very dynamic world keep a stable state in a dynamic world and your kidneys play a big role in that along with your brain and every other organ in your body. But your kidneys for your blood can sense if you're low on blood, like low on like human uh, erythrocytes. Okay. Right? It'll be like, oh, I have anemia. Or like these your cells die off, right? Red blood cells die off. You need new ones. Well, it'll send out this um, a hormone that acts on your bones called EPO that gives you more red blood cells. So in the terms of altitude training, how altitude training works is you go up. Um, we're at, I don't even know. I should have looked up what, where we're at. I can at look it level. up while you're talking of what our altitude is currently. So I'm going to say we're lower than Colorado because Colorado, you got the Rockies. And that's where a lot of altitude training in the U.S. happens. Colorado, it's a beautiful state I hear. Never been, but a lot of people like it. And you go up as, as you go higher up the oxygen molecules are less condensed you got it ben i do it's around 8 30 yeah so colorado is probably Co- higher than that probably around five i'll check it out Denver. i i looked up that was minneapolis oh just fyi so we're probably just slightly lower than that but yeah eight uh denver altitude one moment this is this is the beauty of it all right here um I'm sorry. I'm just reading. So why don't you continue while I'm looking this up because I just got a huge page. So yeah, as you go down further in altitude, the all the oxygen molecules crash together more. You have more. So when you breathe in, you're taking in more oxygen. So like for me and you, when we take a nice deep breath today, like we go take it in, you know, there's a partial pressure of oxygen there that goes into your lungs. And when your lungs get it, then it crosses a gradient, goes on to your red blood cells. And it goes in. Well, your red blood cells are there for like taxis to take that oxygen over. Well, when there's like, when we breathe in, 
there's all this air in there and then there's a little i'm trying to think of a good analogy for it but you breathe in and it's not just oxygen so there's also competing in that space other gases Mm -hmm. so you want to be able to grab as much oxygen out as possible and have the most coverage as possible to then go to your tissues Okay. okay, if that's making sense. Yep, and so, let me drop this on you real quick. If Minneapolis is 830, Denver is 1,560, so considerably higher. I just wanted to give that to you before you continue. But I understand that you look at the lungs when they intake oxygen and just all all the gases that are in our atmosphere in general. There's this sorting that happens. Is that through the capillaries of the lungs? So you have alveoli. Which are alveoli, that's it. Air sacs and alveoli sit real close to capillaries, which allow, and they're real thin. Think about it; you, it's super, super small because you have to have these little tiny molecules travel across two membranes and get onto a cell. Okay. You know, so you don't want it very far apart. That's actually with pneumonia why you get like lightheaded and shorter breath, is because you can take in your oxygen. I mean, but as you take in, there's a fluid barrier there from all this congestion. And when you take it in, that oxygen can't quite make it across. I see. And okay. so you get, so you have like not good, uh, I was going to say perfusion, but that was just the topic that we're talking about. Not <laughs> a g- gas exchange, right? The mm-hmm. gas exchange is not happening. So your O2 saturation in your blood will tank. Well, not tank, but go down quite a ways. So you want to force feed people who have low O2 sats with pneumonia oxygen. That's why they wear the nose pieces, the nasal cannulas, or they're on masks. Yeah. So if you've ever been in the hospital, that's basically the reason why is we're shoving as much oxygen into your lungs as possible to force it across. Wow. Okay. Along, along those lines. So if you go to Minneapolis here, we take a breath in, there's a shit ton of oxygen going into your lung. Like there's a lot because we're at low altitude. If you go lower, the more it gets. You go higher, the less oxygen per breath you get in. So when you're up there a ways, and you're in Denver, Colorado, right, training on some mountain, you take a deep breath in, you're not getting, let's say you're getting half the oxygen that I take in with a normal breath. Well, you don't have the blood cells available to grab the all the oxygen that's available there because it's so spread out. So you take a breath in, you know, and you exhale pretty quickly. So you're, you have a short time that your blood needs to grab that. Well, okay. you need more taxis or more people to, more things there to just grab as many as you can. Well, here we don't need to worry about it, our blood. But if we were going up to Colorado, you and I, um, we wouldn't have enough. So we'd start feeling like all these symptoms like, you know, lightheadedness, nausea, all this, all these things that, um, um, God, I'm lack for words. Sorry, guys. No, you're good, that, man. Uh, you're pouring out a lot of information, <laughs> so it's probably good that you stop and start once in a while. Yeah. So just tell me if I'm going too fast, Ben. I will. I will. Because you'll probably be like, "Dude, what the hell?" Knowledge you overdose. Need, you need to. You need to slow down. So that all these things that accompany there is a good word. Accompany the light, like epoxia, or right. So you got hypoxia. Lack of oxygen. I'm trying to think. Good no, God. dude. You, I, I love it. I wish I had a camera here because it's not that he's pausing because he doesn't know. It's that he wants to get it so precise. He's stopping and like debating with himself of the words. So don't get it like mixed up that he's not. He's not understanding what he's saying. 
he's he understands it so fluently that you're stopping and starting to make sure that you're not like missing anything. So please take your time if you need to. That's why we got a long form for you. AKA altitude sickness, right? That's yeah. we're gonna just use some lay people terms enough Thank with you. this. Altitude sickness. So yeah, you get cramping, all this because your your tissues in your body or your like your organs and your muscles are all just suffering because they're being starved of oxygen. It's like if you were to hold your breath like for a minute every two minutes, you probably and just take normal breaths in between. You're probably gonna get like start dropping those saturation. You if you do that enough, you'll start to feel sick. Well, your body then goes, well, what the hell? We are just like not getting enough oxygen to these muscles. Why can't we get more oxygen? How do we get it? Your kidneys go, got a, I got a solution. We need more red blood cells, which, which what is what you need. So it releases a hormone called EPO. EPO acts on your bone, on your like bone marrow, stimulating more red blood cells, red blood cells then in like one to two months ish, you know, starting about your like three week, it'll start. So you'll kick up your red blood cell count. You kick it up. Well, that's very good for up there. You're like, I am amazing. Now I feel like a normal person when I train at a high altitude. Okay. Right. You're like on par. You go down back to Minnesota. We fly back to Minnesota to treat, to compete. You now, every breath you take, all those extra red blood cells, grab that oxygen. Lack of oxygen in your tissues is um, synonymous with fatigue. You'll start to feel fatigued. Wow. So if we're going for endurance, the more oxygen I can deliver to my t- tissues, the more or the less fatigued I will be. So now that I've trained up in a high altitude for so long, right? Came down here, I take a breath. It's like a, it's like actually having oxygen applied to your like nose. You're shoving a lot of oxygen into your body, right? And then you feel less fatigued, able to do more endurance, able to exert yourself harder. You're a star athlete, right? Uh-huh. Okay. So now this is where I want to talk about is that there's doping and then there's like, which I think EPO is considered like you can inject or like, let's say supplement with EPO. And that is not okay for like a lot of competitive sports because that is bad. That's cheating, right? Yeah. But let's say if we did this under like a doctor sanctioned, I have kidney failure, right? I need it. So that would be fine if I compete. But if I were to do it, you know, I would say like normally I'm creating this. I'm normal functioning. But I want to, you know, compete on the same level as you, Ben, who go on to Denver, who could afford to go to Denver for, you know, five months out of the year to train and then come back and just whoop my ass because what I'm now um, biologically or not biologically, but physiologically like different than you you have a upper hand with your body physiology so i want to go oh i'm going to shoot up with epo i can't afford there but i could afford 100 bucks get this you know dose of epo and my red blood cell count is as best as yours well that's cheating for me right which doesn't make sense because the time would still be the same i'd still have to train with the same intensity to get my body there but i can't afford to go and that's still illegal. So if I tested positive for like increased levels or somebody found that I had EPO, right, they would, I would be disqualified. And I actually have the thing here, the the drug, it's called a drug, but it's just right off of Google here. I didn't dig too much. but No, it says, no, you're fine. It, I just wanted to go with the common knowledge, right? So this is 
sciencedaily.com. But the drug erythropoietin, often called EPO, is banned in banned from sports because it is believed to enhance athletes' performance and give them and give them an unfair advantage to those who do not use it. But isn't that like a catch-22, Ben? You can afford to go to Colorado high-altitude train. If I shoot up with the same amount, I am not allowed. Well, this is why it's been on my mind for so long after you brought it up, because this was the selling point you gave me a year ago, is that there are teams that go to Vancouver to train in the Rockies for the Winter Olympics, Summer Olympics. It doesn't matter what sport. They're training in the altitude because the natural payoff is as good as doping. And it, to me, as a person who follows sports almost religiously, that sounds insane that you can have a team that's able to go to a location. I, I know this isn't the greatest example, but Jamaica's bobsled team trained in Canada. They lived in Canada. Sweden and the United States, a lot of those guys go to Canada or they go to the Rockies because it's not just because there's snow there. It's because of the altitude. And I knew that, but I didn't know the science behind it. And I didn't realize that there's a drug out there and maybe a multitude of drugs that can get you the same result with the same intense training. But we outlaw that, but we allow certain teams to go to locations that can get them the same results. It almost becomes a, a moral, a sports moral debate of where do we draw that line? And do we just plain and simple let this doping of what we call blood doping, I think it's called? Um, yeah, so like this would be... I'd almost say it's almost like supplementing with supplementing. Okay. EPO because like I'm on, I'm going to go and actually do a cart counter argument to this because I No, I'm that's why I set it up. I'm basically saying that right we it's kind of unfair that if you have the means to or sleep in a hyperbolic chamber if you don't know hyperbolic chambers decrease the oxygen basically making you like you're living at a, sleeping at a higher altitude for 8 hours a night, right? Or however long you stay in there. You know, you probably want to spend as much time in that thing. If you can't move to a higher altitude, you want to be spending as much time in there as possible because you're going to get these benefits too. Basically, you want to starve your body of oxygen or trick it into thinking that, you know, I need these. I need this. This is a demand that I need to meet. And it's going to it's gonna meet it. It needs to survive. Your body's built to survive. It will always try to. But with EPO... Like, even hyperbolic chambers, I mean, I don't know. I don't look those up. I'm not, a, like, a weirdo, but, I mean, who... Well, let's, people, let's people, just assume because you don't look them up, naturally, we know they're very far out of our price range. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't go... You know, I don't we, spend my day on Ferraris. You know what you know? would really help me increase my bench? Yeah, i <laughs> spend half a million dollars on this. You know, something like that. But, <laughs> you... <laughs> Uh, no, I just, I can picture you in like a little tank with just your head standing up, <laughs> you know, just, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's a question that, you know, obviously it's a very young idea that's in my head right now, but it's just fascinating, you know, to wrap your mind around that, that biology and drugs, you know, we know that they can match each other, but at the same time. I'm used to seeing skiers from Minnesota that just topple over because they're trying to teach their body how to go on less oxygen and they'll just 
fall over in the middle of the course. They have to get out, and they'll go back, and they'll do it that night or the next day until they fall over or pass out again. And are they on these drugs? Are they not on these drugs? It's just the effort and the outcome. Is it fair for this to be, you know, to be capable to dose? And I don't know. I'm still wrapping my mind around it, so I'll I'll let you take over again here. Yeah, no, it's but. I mean, what I'm trying to get at here is that I'm saying it's kind of a moral and maybe I don't know if you should say ethical, but it's definitely one of those things where it's like, yeah, so the rich people get to really benefit. So, I mean, I bust my ass off for, you know, four long years, become an Olympic track athlete, right? I am really good. I'm busting my ass every day training. You know, I'm not going to take a day off. I'm going to do exactly what like the people and the resources I have available for me do I make it one day in the Olympics and you know, I place, let's say I place. Well, once I place, I get sponsored and now I've got, you know, I got some money. I got some, you know, places that I can, I have better resources. So now I go, okay, so now half the year I'm going to train high altitude, right? But let's say you're that guy who doesn't, you know, just fall short. Just the person under me who doesn't yeah. get sponsored again. Fourth place. Yeah. He wants to come up. And he wants to beat me next year, right? Well, now he's still on that same budget with all those same resources that I had. I was just, you know, whatever, a second faster than him. I was a little bit better, you know, a little bit better. Next year, probably not even going to be a contest there. Yeah. Because now I, if I train at high altitude and he's not allowed to, I probably won't fatigue nearly as much as he will because my body's just built for it now. My body is primed. And now when I'm at a lower altitude, I'm going to just absolutely like be a machine, just going to be kicking out. So I think it's kind of dumb that like he can't or like that person below can't necessarily. Su- I want to say supplement because I, I don't know, doping has got a negative term to yeah, it. Yeah, you're you are going into the medical field, so you call it that. I will try to remember supplementing throughout this podcast. I mean, I haven't graduated yet, so like. You, you shouldn't always you're take on the <laughs> track you're on the right track we'll we'll give you that yes but this is with my my limited knowledge about this subject but blood doping is actually something different that's where i would take just red blood cells and shoot them into my veins so it's same oh, thing but a quicker okay. effect so i could do it like the night before and be never you know never train with that and just be that's that's a little bit more that's more illegal it yeah it's a little like. little bit more cheating but I get why we kind of do want to like be wary around these substances because yeah. if I were to take EPO and you know I'm not I'm not a medical person let's say I'm an athlete I know about my body and I know what's good to train and I know that EPO is going to help me well I go well maybe I want to be better than the person so I'm going to take a shit ton of it I'm going to take a lot of EPO I'm going to shoot up with that every day you know I'm going to well it works. Like, it's going to work. That's, that's going to work. You're going to get a crap ton of blood cells. The thing is, your veins are just like pipes. You can't clog them. You're going to stroke out. You're going to have oh, too much. You're going to no. be pushing molasses through your veins. So that's that's a problem. You actually have to worry about that. I mean, even here it says on this uh, great resource that I looked up, <laughs> uh, it says EPO uh, thickens a person's blood, which can lead to an increased risk for clots. So your blood could clot up and you could have an embolism. You could get stuck somewhere, blocks off blood flow, die. Well, I mean, that's like a stroke. Yeah. You know, or a cardiac event of some sort, right? You you die. You could get one in your calf and then, I mean, 
that would hurt pretty bad. But what you're worried about is that breaking off and going somewhere else in your body that you yeah. don't want it to be. Like a spine or neck or yeah. somewhere where really traumatic clogging can cause yeah, cut off to important organs. Happens in your brain. It's called a stroke. Happens in your heart. It's called a heart attack. Like, yeah. I think it's called a heart attack. Pretty sure. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to go with that one right there. Anyways, it's not going to be good. So you have to be worried. You have to worry about that. But I feel like if you have somebody at your side, you know, Doctors probably cost less than moving houses for a year. You know, if you had a doctor, you know, once to one time a month to just go, yeah, this will get you where we had and have like a regulation or you have a standard regimen mm-hmm. that you could take. So you're on par and our athletes are competing on the same level, right? So that's, that's like what I'm trying to get at. I do get why you don't want to like some people may consider it's cheating like yeah, you get you can shoot up with it, but that's not your body's natural way to do it. Mm-hmm. Drugs just act on your body and only do things that your body's already capable of. I mean, that's what we talk about in um, we talk about that in pharmacology all the time. Prof says that all the time. Drugs just go and act on your body and only enhance what your body already can do. So, your body already can make that amount of EPO. So, is it really cheating? Because you're still gonna have to train. I mean, you, you will get the increase in red blood cells, but you're still going to have to train your ass off. It's not like you can just sit on the couch. It's not like you're taking something if you're in lifting like anabolic steroids. Anabolic steroids pretty much do the work for you. You're still going to lift hard because you're still going to want to meet. But they're already just going to they're going to grow and you're going to be able to do incredible strength gains. I mean, if you ever look at people on Instagram, right, it's kind of like, Okay, Instagram's a shitty place for fitness. Not gonna lie to all those people who are out there. Like, I love Instagram. All those people out there probably. Okay, I'm gonna say most of those people out there are there to con you out of some sort of money. Just look into like the things that they're selling. Well, it's the perfect platform to start selling stuff on now because you're able to market and shop right on the app. I mean, you can do that on other apps as well, but Instagram because you actually can focus and see the picture right there, save it. You can revisit it. They can bring it back up. It's the perfect place to market fitness and um, well, just any sort of fitness topic item you yeah. want. I mean, I get clothes on there all the time because I look at, like, I'll go to Manchester United to check out the soccer club. How are they doing? What's their rank? Not great this year. And then 15 minutes later, the soccer shop has a jersey for me. You know, And people know that this is happening. But I'm sure with fitness, you follow one fitness-oriented celebrity, say The Rock, and you're going to have protein powder all yeah. over your Instagram feed. That's just the way it is. And it's kind of gross how how in your face it is, you know? Oh, yeah. And, I mean, not to get completely off of our tangent but or completely off of our main subject onto this tangent, but there is, like instagram like you you can follow people you look it through because they people either one they want to sell you something or two they want to like note their accomplishments and get a following right because you want to be a fitness personality so you go through and you'll watch these people like it's they're they're pretty good shape like yeah they look really good you're really aesthetic right you're doing great and then you know they're trying to sell and sell and sell and then they're like well i created my own protein powder right and they're like taking their protein powder and it's doing nothing more than any other protein powder. But you need to sell that shit. There's a million of them. You know, you know which one do you choose? Yeah. How do you choose it? Like, well, now you have to go like, oh, I just started my protein powder. Three months later, look at me. 
I made, you know, a 20 pound strength gain on my bench. I've been lifting for four years. That shit doesn't really happen like overnight. You know, I, you know, my biceps grew by God knows like an inch in the last three months. It's like, yeah, but that's, I would, I would say, yeah, that would be totally fine if you, you know, never picked up a weight in your life before that. But yeah, you've been lifting. Like I follow you on your Instagram. You've been lifting for the past six years, past four years, whatever. Your body's almost there, man. It's like genetically, you're almost there. Yeah, you took juice. You took steroids. (laughs) Like, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, now you, and especially for bodybuilding, I can see why that shit should be like illegal or like prohibited, but it's some leagues they're not. It's not prohibited. You can take juice for bodybuilding aesthetic. What's freaky to me in bodybuilding is I have a buddy I shouldn't say I have a buddy. I've I've talked to him on and off for many, many years. He's a bodybuilder now. And he's one of those heavyweight class bodybuilders. So he's a really thick dude. Big guy. I won't say his name just for privacy. But he was telling me about the body mods that people are putting in to look a certain way. And they'll only focus on certain parts of the body. Versus you think of a bodybuilder, it's full body workouts, you're working legs, you're working upper arms, you're working your neck, you're, you know, the works, everything. Well, now there's bodybuilders that are coming out where they just work on their arms and maybe their legs, and then they'll get implants in their calves and their abs to keep a certain look. So you get guys that look like they have a beer belly, because they do, with plastic inserts under their skin for abs. And I looked it up. And these are like, you know, 50-year-old guys that are just rocking it in the gym but don't want to do the crunches and don't want to do the, you know, anything with their legs. So they just get an insert there to kind of keep themselves in the game. And it is freaky to look at. Yeah, um, yeah, like that the synthol injections to make your that the oil to make your muscles look Synthol's so obvious though. Like yeah. when I look at synthol, I know it's I know it's synthol because if you look at like the Brazilian arm wrestlers, <laughs> That are coming in where they look like the guys that are... They look like they have Johnny Bravo arms. Like they're swollen up. They're infected. They, you can see the veins being pushed up along the skin. So the skin turns blue. And you can... Know, you just... It's so clear in the way that the arm moves. It looks like a two water balloons on the bicep and the tricep. And it's gross. It, it just... I don't know. It disturbs me to see the blood veins that close to the skin because you know they're under pressure from that oil sliding around in their arm. And it's not real muscle. Yeah. And then it can cause further damage to you going forward, although I don't know what that damage is. Yeah, I'm sure, I haven't looked anything like that up, but I'm sure it's not great. Oh, no. I did a <laughs> bit about it. I did a bit about it for um, my final and last year in public speaking about um, P- uh, PEDs. And how synthol's the popular one in Brazil and South America because it's just an injection. And then all of a sudden you look super big. Yeah, but... Or it's a series of injections. It it looks so gross, actually. It does. And it's not good for you and it deflates. And a lot of guys have killed themselves because of it. Yeah. Because, like I said, that blood vein gets pushed up so much towards the skin that it cuts off circulation of the blood. And a lot of these guys that put in, like, their back, the people that die a lot are the people that put in their neck. Because it's like pinching the neck. And it cuts off the circulation of the blood to the brain or to the heart, depending on where their veins are lining up in their neck. And it can kill them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, just injections in general, like, it's kind of, you have to be wary about just 
putting stuff in the space. I don't know. Aesthetic. Don't don't put shit in your body if you're not willing to work somewhat for it. Uh, that's my rule of thumb. Like if you're an athlete and you need to get back on the right foot like Peyton Manning did and you need to take a steroid to get the knee right, fine. If it's prescribed by a doctor, great. But don't be taking it to get gains for to get a leg up on your competition. You have to get there naturally. There yeah. shouldn't be that. But that being said, you know, the world's always changing. Sports are always changing. There's PEDs allowed that I don't know a thing about. Yeah. That's where I'm trying to get at with this EPO is, like, it shouldn't be... I don't think we should necessarily, like, implement it right now. Be like, oh, well, you know, just take all the bands off because, you know, you know somebody's just going to buy that shit on, like, a black market or yeah. get it somewhere from their doctor and be like, yeah, I'm an athlete. Please, you know, give me this. Yeah take way too much of it stroke out die and everybody's going to be like we told you we told you i think it you have to have it like supervised you have to you know and if somebody's going to be willing to you know like let's say double dose to try to get a leg up and strokes out that's on you but i mean yeah you ran fast but now you've got a brain em- embolism yeah well and sometimes i you know just sitting here on the couch thinking about it sometimes it probably doesn't even actually get the results you're hoping for because i think of runners some of the greatest runners in the world right now are coming out of africa and you know mo farah in england you know although he's training in oregon which isn't exactly high high altitude he's a phenomenal runner for long distance these marathoners phenomenal runners they're not training in high you know high altitudes so for some sports it's probably leaking over and then Sports that are dominated by African athletes where the diversity of the people is unbelievable. I can't believe the diversity that's in Africa of athletes. You know, maybe it doesn't work. So it's one of those things I want to keep an eye on, and I'm glad you're somewhat versed in it so I can come to you with questions. But I wanted to take this time. If you have any thoughts on this, same right now, because I want to transition to one thing. That you and I were talking about earlier. Was it the masks? Yes. Because, because I had that's the next thing up Perfect. Because I wanted to say, being that we're talking a little bit about capitalism and we're talking about selling items, this has been the rage for years now. I remember in high school I was offered a mask and I, I didn't really get it at the time. I was like, it, fine. You know, I'm not really into trying it. I'm not really up for buying it. I didn't have money to begin with. But what is it about this mask? What is it? What does it do? And why are people so attracted to it? Um, well, the things that I've read up on, because first off, I think they look dumb. And if you're wearing them, you sh- <laughs> I mean, you'll see like, you'll see this guy. He's like, you know, you're, you're good old desk jockey, you know, trying to stay in shape and whatever. And being like, you know, your, your bro science dude who's been like, you know, you should wear these masks because, you know, they simulate high altitude training, and you know the Olympics do that, and that's pretty good. And I can lift more. Than NFL you. running backs wear yeah. them on the sideline, yeah, and they're you, freaky looking when you don't know what they are. It looks like the Bane mask. Yeah, I know. That's what I say. You got to talk like this. And, <laughs> like, I mean, people in the gym are already not approachable because some people look like they can, you know, eat the weights. Yeah. Like some of them are ginormous. Some people are already nervous, and then you, yeah, you go in there and you freaking see some guy walking around. Is like, <laughs> is this Halloween? Like, what's going on? He's already wearing like the tracksuit. 
I, oh my god gym, it's so true though <laughs> gym apparel gets me so much it's like you'll see the guy i'm gonna go off on just a little bit go ahead because we're talking a, uh, we're hot, in the middle of a transition hot topic so. hot topic go i have never i've never taken a part in like either of these actually but i do believe the weight room at least at st john's here because this is male dominated campus i mean yeah. it's a male only campus only being loosely used but we're we're a male campus but we have a sister school that we have classes and we share almost everything with so we're a male campus with a sister counterpart but the curriculum the education's all one when we graduate we graduate from the college of st ben's and the university of st john's or st john's university i always think of the one in new york <laughs> but yeah no i we are a men's school hot topic do you know like have you ever seen and I don't know why this. this is a mystery to me because girls are mysteries to me. <laughs> but have you ever have you ever seen a group of girls go into the bathroom like together? Like in high school this always happened. In general? Then yeah. Yeah, yeah like in, in high school I'd always watch it. It would be like one table stand up all at once in unison single file into the bathroom. It's like they all just sat there like, "Hmm. You know what? We're either going to sync up over peeing or they're going in there to talk <laughs> while they pee." Like, to have a yeah. different place to talk. Like, Wouldn't you want us guys to go in with you? I'd be like, dude, did you see the game last night? We're all sitting, taking up a stall at a time. You know, we're all just kind of chilling together. No, It's I think, a unity thing. I don't think that would work for dudes. You'd get too many bladder-shied people. you just all stand yeah, there that's, for 15 minutes. That's, like, that's probably true. You're like, dude, can you stop Stop talking? that. Well, <laughs> let me take a counterpoint because you clearly never went to the metronome and saw the trough. <laughs> um, actually, I grew up in rural, like Minnesota here, and I, we all had baseball parks That's with true. troughs. Yeah. So you just stand like right That's, next to. Isn't that the same thing? Well, it's a little different when you get there and the person's already peeing. Oh. Then you're like, ah, he he's already he already had a leg up on me on this race. What, but, okay. So what does this got to do about? <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're getting off topic. So I'm only assuming that girls go into the bathroom, it's a bathroom and like different places. Like, let's go with the a stereotype for women is they like to chat, right? Sure. Like, stereotype. Like, yeah. Let's go with like general. Like that seems to be the thing. The freaking weight room is just the girls' bathroom for guys. Oh. If that makes anything any sense, the amount of times that I go, if you go at like. <laughs> Between the hours of five o'clock and six o'clock at St. John's, everybody goes there. I don't really like that time because I like to eat around five to six. Yeah. So it's either before that or it's after. But uh, some people have different eating schedules or whatever. There's a crap ton of people in there. I mean, you're not going to get a squat rack for definite, for sure. And you're barely going to have a bench. You're probably not going to have a bench at all. And the dumbbells are going to be like crowded. Everything's crowded. It sucks. I hate that. And if you like to do any like heavy like barbell lifts off the ground, anything like that, like a d deadlift, that you're not going to have any room. The thing that pisses me off the most is these guys will stand around a bench for like 20 minutes talking. And it's like, bud, I came in here to get in, get gains, and get out. <laughs> What the hell? And they just stand around talking for it's just like you wanna know what's sad? I I know people that do that. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just like bro, you should have seen this. I got a sick pump the other day and then I wheeled this girl out and I was like, dude, I, nobody gives a crap. You wanna know what's even worse? 
that sometimes I'll be in the gym playing basketball or I'll just get a, a couple shooting drills in, you know, because I, I like to keep up on actually playing and keeping mechanics in check. I like the rhythm of the workout and people will stand in the window and watch people in the gym. It's like, aren't you're in the weight room. If you want to be in the gym, be in the gym. If you want to be in the weight room, be in the weight room. But I can kind of see the truth in it. But I mean, look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm super, super thin, so I wouldn't know too much. So I'll take your word for it that it basically is I, that the powder room for men, because we 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 chat plenty too. It's just the atmosphere. Yeah, it it literally is the worst. I don't know if it just is like something about like that you're feeling good about yourself because you got you got the pump right. That's well, the it's, term. It's a place to posture. It's a place to go where a lot of these guys want to be seen, and there's. You and I had this conversation like two months ago where we have people that use the gym and people that use the gym for management of self, like to look a certain way, to act a certain way. And your bro science fella on YouTube summarizes this perfectly, that there's there's this general fear to approach the gym because of the stereotype gym bro, that they just stand around each other, rep, you know, repping each other going yeah 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 go 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 harder blah 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 and then they flex at each other you know and leave and then there's the reality of what's actually there is there's guys that are coming there to work out get a really hard workout in see some progression and go and then what you were talking about is where the stereotype comes from it doesn't come from the actual guys that are doing the work it comes from the guys that may get a half-ass workout in and then they stand around and talk, and then it's a excuse to say, like, oh, yeah, I worked out the other day, but in reality, I'm not going that hard. I just want to have some little bit of muscle, which is fine, but go there, get it done, get out. It's not, it's not a social hall, <laughs> you know? It's a place to better yourself, push yourself, challenge yourself, not to engage in conversation. I know that sounds grouchy, but it's the same reason I don't go to the basketball court to have a conversation. I can have a conversation on the bench, but if I'm playing, I'm not talking with somebody the whole time that I'm dribbling or coming around a screen and pretending I'm, you know, going to go up for a shot or something like that. There's have a method to the madness, oh, you know? A hundred percent. And also it's something that is a pet peeve of mine. I don't know. I just shouldn't be so picky because like go to the gym and whatever, get in, get out. is always <laughs> my thing. Trying to get like the best that you can in the limited, the limited, limited, yeah, I'm struggling tonight, boys, but limited amount of time that I have, you know, in my day or like that I want to spend because I don't really want to spend an hour and a half in the gym. Why would like, you? Like, like you can I, get a great workout in and under an hour, you can see some like solid results the next day. It doesn't take me long to run. I mean, under half an hour, I can get, you know, a couple miles done. And I see the results like in that afternoon. Believe me, I feel it walking down the hallway. Yeah, I don't need that extra so, hour. So like, th- that bothers me where it's just like you're hanging out. But what bothers me too is dressing up for the gym. That's that's that, I, where I was that's coming somebody, from. Somebody else the posturing. I mean, it's some it's somebody else's choice. Whatever, if you want to do it, like girls do it. I'm not necessarily, but yeah, girls, you're not alone. Dudes do it all the time. Dudes see, do it more than girls, I think, because oh, the girls definitely. stick to some. Like there's a, there's a lane of athletic wear for girls. Guys make their own athletic wear. They take a t-shirt, they cut it up to show off, you know, um, you know what I'm talking about, yep. where they cut the sides of the shirts off so you can see their pecs. 
yep. when they're lifting and it's not actually a shirt. It's just like a bed sheet thrown over the top of them, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then the shorts are coming back. They're getting higher. Like we're going back to the 80s with the Larry Bird shorts. Yeah. Where, you know, things can fall out if you're not wearing the right tight, right tightness. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't understand. So the, you'll get the like the four inches or five inches above the knee short. Yeah. But then you're going to wear these let's leggings like you know girl spandex leggings are like equivalent to that under the athletic yeah the leggings the, yeah but i mean or the sleeves dude the leg we, sleeves are we freaking sliding in here are we need slide protection in the gym like are you gonna i can understand why basketball players wear them i can understand why baseball players wear them i understand why anything where you're gonna hit the ground and tear up your legs what are you doing a freaking 200 pound slide with a barbell across the your back no, like i will say this i wear uh I'll wear like an athletic legging for basketball once in a while. I don't wear them as much as I used to because I work out in Guildhall and it's so warm in there. But they feel awesome. They're super cooling when you're running around. But I can I see those guys that you're talking about that are wearing like the bright white leggings <laughs> with the neon stripes down the back of the calf. And then you're wearing your Lululemon shorts when you're squatting. And it's just like... What are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody's got to flex on somebody in yeah, some point in your that, life. That I is mean. true. Yeah, that's true. And I I speak guilty because you know I go into the gym and I work out and I play basketball and I can go up to the three and hit it consistently. I can do things that other people probably can't. You can do things I can't, and that's our way of flexing. I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't put it there. Man. Oh, are you? Look at the size difference between us. You are a gym guy. I spend all my time running around a court. You know, I'm outside doing cardio while you're inside doing strength. So there's going to be differences. I should work on my cardio. Good. I tried to run. You should come with me running tomorrow. Me and Vincent are going to run. Yeah. I tried to run the other day and oh my God. Well, one, like I did tear my ACL a year ago. I've been using that as a crutch, but for some reason it hit like half a mile and I can just feel it in there. Well, dude, you should come with me because my, my average is like around two miles before I kind of got a change the pace you know um but you know we we'll stop and start with you and make sure that you get a good workout in which just to be together and get a good workout together and try to get some healthy routine going into winter so you should join up with us yeah did we ever answer that question about masks no that's Um, what we're gonna do next we didn't even break in there oh we just talked about we talked about that as a consumer as an item yeah okay Uh, what do they do what so, benefit do you have to purchasing an altitude mask? So the altitude mask, I wouldn't necessarily even call them an altitude mask because I looked up what they actually, or what I tried to look up what they actually do because there's all this marketing around it, but try to get like the basis of it. And it said that it did not change the partial pressure of oxygen as it comes in. What that means is in whatever terms you want to call it is so when you breathe in, there's a ratio of oxygen, right, that we're breathing in right now. It's pretty consistent. Let's say it's 21%. I'm going to dig that out of my nursing thing because that's what we're always told. Room air is about 21% oxygen. So when I breathe in... It's that low? Yeah, it's only about 21%. Wow. Yeah. I so, thought it'd be like around the 50s <laughs> no. or at least the 40s because there's so much CO2 out there yeah, too. Isn't a, I believe, I think it's nitrogen. It's actually the most abundant in the air we breathe. Oh, that's right. Isn't but, that? Isn't that what makes up a lot of the ozone layer too? Uh, I think so. We're, we're jumping. Sorry. Well, I, I have no that's, all, that's on me. 
anyway, we breathe in and that's, you know, 21% oxygen. Let's say we're getting in there. Well, at high altitudes or at different altitudes, it's probably going to vary because of the oxygen saturation in the air is spread out. Like we talked about before. So let's say you're breathing in, you know, only 17%. Well, then your body's going to recognize that it's going to accommodate, do all the things that we said before, right? These masks are trying to say that, yeah, we do that too. Like, wink, wink. But they don't. Because, like, the oxygen you're breathing in is still going to be consistently. It's not filtering out oxygen. It's not doing anything like that. What it's doing is it makes it harder to breathe in and it makes it harder to breathe out. Oh, so okay. So you'll get fatigued faster or you'll get winded faster, let's say, because it's literally like trying to breathe through a cloth, like a, a towel. Yeah, you're... You still get oxygen in the same amount, but you're it, you're struggling to pull it in. It's literally like you have asthma or something like that. You're struggling to wh- whip it in. The only thing that I can think that it what it does is it strengthens your diaphragm and your muscles, your accessory muscles for breathing. So maybe you can take a more efficient, deeper breath. That's it. Uh, that's what I can think of. It it literally just restricts them. So probably you have stronger muscles in your thoracic cavity to pull your. I don't know. Your lung volume's not going to change. You're not. It's not in your face. <laughs> well, think about this. It's not like you're growing your lungs. It's not like you're like changing anything. You're you're strengthening muscles. It's, it's like cool, bro. You want to see my intercostal muscles? They're really fucking swole. <laughs> like shit, like that. Like I don't. <laughs> I just can't. I, this is the moments when I wish I had a camera. Where I had the camera set up, I've, I've been experimenting with it, so people could see what I'm looking at. It looks like you, because you're you're a very German man. You went full Italian there for a second, and the <laughs> arms were going. His face was red, eyebrows narrowed down. It's just, <laughs> I, there's, I can't do it justice. <laughs> I just can't. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know, Ben, but. Uh, I looked into it. I was like, oh, after reading that, I was like, why would you ever buy it? Well, yeah, it's super popular with NFL players, running backs in particular. I mean, they have to have some reason for it, but I don't know, like, whatever, everything I looked up. Yeah. Besides going to the actual page where I'm sure they've got a laundry list of reasons, all those scientific journals you get to look through every day, I'm sure that you found. Oh, I hate, I actually don't do that much. We should, I should do it better because, like, medicine back in the day used to be, you're the best doctor if you know the most. Yeah. Now medicine today is kind of like you're the best doctor if you can find the best information the fastest. If that makes any sense because No, it do- it does make a lot of sense because it's it's papers. That seems to be what the competition is now. It's not for work, it's not for anything else that you might consider with doctors and promotions. It's about getting or being the foremost in your field of study and getting papers out. Yeah. Especially with doctors that specialize in certain illnesses, but yeah, I mean, medicine is you know, medicine is evolving all the time, and they're always trying to do these evidence based practice, right? So, like, right now, what I'm doing is probably going to change in 10 years because the information that I had available to me now was the best, mm-hmm. but the information that I have 10 years from now will be like the best for that time. So, doctors are like the best doctors, are and the best like medical professionals are the best people who can find the best information. I'm going to say best. Oh, my God. I counted. It's like five times in that sentence. But, you know. Don't worry. Don't no, I, worry. I was just watching Letterkenny last night. and literally Great anytime, show. 
I know anytime anytime like um, somebody like repeated a word all the time Wade would go say best or say that word one more time please <laughs> like it's just it gets you it's funny too um because I'll go back and I'll edit all this stuff and it's amazing to me like the little things I hear in speech and how much people change when they hear themselves talk they're like I didn't realize I said that that much oh yeah or that I pause that much or that when I'm I'm talking about a certain topic, this is my favorite one. My tone changes where they go like, oh, um, when we talk about baseball, we're talking really straightforward, no business, you know, straight up business, nothing crazy. But if we're talking about basketball, there's not a serious note in me. I mean, that's just a free flowing game where there's no stop and start. It's just going. So th- that's a poor example, but you can hear difference in tone when people just switch. Even in the same realm of sports, just between two sports, it's insane how much they notice that their t- uh, tone can change. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool I'm glad that you could be so honest. But I'm just trying to think of any other questions that I have right now about this altitude training because, honestly, my biggest one is kind of the grounds of seeing where this goes because it seems relatively new that we're looking at this at least within the past 15 years that it's been kind of predominant in game. And then now we're getting more people that are saying, Oh, well we'll make a mask to try to replicate it, which it doesn't, but you know, people will still buy it. It's, it's crazy how far, you know, people are going to get an edge that you'll be willing to fly to the mountains, you know, and relocate your life for six months just for a couple weeks of, top tier abilities i mean yeah i i mean i get it like if that's your life yeah if you is. can if you're always training to be the best you can be there you're gonna hit a point when the place where you're at you know you can't be the best anymore or you can't be the best version of yourself so if you can move to an environment that stresses your body even more why yeah. not do it well and on the opposite side of the fence there's also such a strict how do I say it? There's a strict control on PEDs and testing now in sports because platforms are so scared of having their winners be cheats, especially after the Lance Armstrong incident. I was watching a marathon the other day, and the first thing that happens after the winner crosses the finish line, this was a the female marathon, is they don't let you you drink water but they escort you to a booth where you have to urinate into a test and then you're allowed to celebrate. And just thinking about that, you know, that we've lost that trust in our own athletes to perform on the basic merits of competition because there's so much more going into it now. And that sounds juvenile to say, I know, but it still amazes me growing up being a sports lover Loving any sport that was on during the Olympics, I was watching it. Baseball, basketball, football, when the Olympics weren't on, I was watching those too. And it feels different now. you know. And I know baseball people have dealt with like the Pete Rose, with the gambling, and we had Sammy Sosa. Was he taking drugs? Derek, or not Derek Jeter. Um, Alex, Alex Rodriguez, thank you. This has been a storyline forever, but it seems now more than ever in the past 10 years there's it's a, a different feeling about how we treat PEDs in the process and testing 
And it, it's just constantly a narrative in the back of your mind whenever you're watching an athletic event. I was covering the NCAA, you know, the basketball tournament, March Madness. And there were athletes, they were concerned for taking PEDs then. They weren't saying it publicly, but if you went into the paperwork after the games, they were testing players then too. And just think about that. One of the biggest tournaments that we celebrate where anybody can become a story in just a couple of moments and PEDs are right behind them the minute they step off that court. It just, maybe I'm overreacting to this and maybe it's just because I'm so entrenched with sports, but it amazes me how much we're scared of them and how much we let them control how we perceive sports and players in general. I mean, one of my favorite power forwards in the league, Wilson Chandler, he just got caught with PEDs and it's like he's never played before. We're, we don't know what kind of player he's going to be coming back. I haven't seen any stat lines. I haven't seen any of his workouts because now that he's out of this league for this time, this given time that he has to leave the Brooklyn Nets, it's like he's never played before because we don't know if that's actually the player he is. We're so terrified of what people are able to do when they're on them that we don't consider them athletes anymore. And it's, I don't know, the landscape of sports has changed so drastically. It's incredible. Yeah, and I think it's because like everybody wants to be a hero. Yeah, and everybody's searching for a hero, and you just don't want to be let down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know the fitness like industry, which I shouldn't talk about, but I like I watch a lot of stuff about it, right? Yeah, and there's a whole there's a huge thing. So a lot of bodybuilding things. I think we re- mentioned this earlier. There's leagues where it's okay to take steroids. There's leagues where that's it's, crazy to me. Yeah, and that's totally fine to do. People still claim they're natural in it, like winners. Winners will be like, oh, I never took a steroid before. There's literally this one guy he had, he's he was a vegan. He was advocating. He's like, oh, vegan lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. I'm a vegan bodybuilder doing all this stuff. He's like, yeah, I he won like some, he won this one bodybuilding competition, right, for aesthetics or whatever it is. They don't do the actual lifting. It's not strongmen. It's, you know, aesthetic looking stuff because I don't know if you ever looked at the strongmen. They look like, you know, your 40-year-old uh, you know, uncle with a beer gut, you know, something like that. The strongmen are like a combination of arms, legs, and just body mass for balance. It's insane. I, I can't remember. Um, well, he goes by the name Thor now because yeah. his name is so. It's the mountain half Thor Bjornsson or something Thorn like that. Thor Bjornsson, who is the mountain in Game of Thrones. He's like 6'9", and most of his weight is in the middle of his body you know in his stomach because he's got to keep the balance to lift some of these really incredibly heavy objects yeah and i mean if you're lifting you know you know a thousand some pounds that's crazy but i i can't believe there's just a denial there like even in thing even in like a league where it's okay it's just a strict denial of being like yeah i don't do it you know other people do but i got here like through my hard work it's almost like you know you know it's cheating which I mean, it's kind of almost this conversation is almost defeating the point of me saying, but like EPO is a little different because that's a naturally occurring hormone. And if I believe if you take it in, you know, the right supplements, then you're actually on par with the people who can train at high altitudes. That's the point I was trying to make here. If you if you didn't get it, I think I said it once before, but if you didn't get it, that's the point I'm trying to make. But like when it comes to like more dangerous stuff, I'd say anabolic steroids are pretty dangerous because they just... I mean, they kill your heart, man. They yeah, but things like that take the tread off the tire. But it's a, but the mentality of like, oh, you can't be, 
you know, on these. You can't do that. You can't do this. It's like, but even in leagues where it's okay, people are still denying it. And I think it's because, yeah, everybody hates people who cheat. Like, yeah. and they, they view these things as cheating, even though, like, there's certain things that, like, taking caffeine, yeah, that gives you a leg up. If I'm, you know, up on caffeine, like we talked about, you know, at the beginning of this, I'm going to probably be able to perform better. I still can have to work just as hard because it's not like caffeine is a, a magical, magical thing, but I probably will be able to perform better. And like, I don't know if you know what creatine is, but creatine is like, isn't that the thing in, or that's chitin? Never mind. I was gonna say bugs. I was like, no, creatine is a, it's an energy source for your muscles, right? It's basically used in the first one to two seconds of a muscle contraction, like if you're resting for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Not like, not like you just got done with the workout or like every contraction you do, but you rested for a while, like a day. And you do a hard contraction, right? A hard anaerobic contraction. So you're not using oxygen. You're not using your normal substrates for that. You do your contraction. You're going to burn creatine. Creatine's there instantly. That's But it's gone. So people people will take creatine supplements for that. Because it gets more in there. So you have more creatine stores. So you can do that and make a harder contraction in the first second. Power lifters take it a lot. So they can do that one big lift and done. Mm. but can i can i ask you a question and we'll we'll try to kind of finish it off around here that's always a dangerous thing to say yeah i know but but i gotta get to bed soon (laughs) yeah no no we'll try to finish it up here but what are your i was approached with a question a couple of weeks ago and i thought of you right away about weightlifters that are taking testosterone or weightlifters that are having estrogen and just wait, I'll explain. Weightlifters that are taking, ma- you know, they have massive amounts of estrogen where their bones are cr- getting stronger from that estrogen. And then they flip and they take massive amounts of testosterone to build weight. This is common in the female weightlifting. Um, would that actually work? I mean, is that a possibility? Because when I hear that, it sounds preposterous. But to take a huge amount of estrogen... And I understand that estrogen can help create bone density and create a stronger frame, but can it also be combated with testosterone and not be reversed where you create a larger frame and then build muscle? Yeah. So based off of like just what I'm trying to think about right now is, okay. Yeah. So estrogen is very like, it's actually important for maintaining bone density because that's why when you have women go through menopause, they lose this estrogen and it kind of tilts the these cells in your bones tilts them more towards the breaking down like a catabolic in your bones so you'll get frail bones that's why you have to watch out you have to really watch out when you go past menopause to do weight bearing activity because weight bearing activity enhances bone strength and growth like i shouldn't say enhances promotes it right so i get where they're saying there my concern would be for that is that actually taking estrogen like in large quantities like you have to really watch out when you go through menopause if you're a woman because i would know all about this because i am yeah no no we're talking in hypothetical i wanted to just run it by you because it was an interesting question i've got a couple more people coming in oh yeah hopefully we get more of your colleagues in the nursing department who are actually women to actually straight up answer this question but i just wanted to see um, your thoughts but no if you what i'm trying to get at is that it seems a little dangerous because people who take 
women after menopause, it kind of increases your chance of having a coronary artery disease on your heart. But then if you're also taking estrogen supplements of any type, it also increases your chance of getting coronary artery disease or like having heart problems. That's why the whole birth control, birth control mimics your body like when you're in pregnancy so you don't ever have the egg come out, right? Or mm-hmm. like, so anyway, that's estrogen, right? Because you have elevated levels of estrogen when you're pregnancy, pregnancy. It also increases your chance of like cardiac events, let's call them, like of some heart problem, right? I'd be worried about that. I'd also like, I could see why you would want to take it, but like if you're under menopause, like the weight bearing alone should be enough is what I'm trying to get at here. Like, yeah, yeah, um, your bones will get stronger if you like exert force upon them, if you're doing things like that. So I don't know why you would want to take the estrogen, but testosterone, like, I mean, that's basically the, like what gives boys their, yeah, their no. big, you know, it's helps, muscle helps grow your muscles, help. Yeah, I'd I'd watch out that with that too because like anything in large quantities can have bad effect. I mean, you might they might start growing a lot of hair. <laughs> That's a thing. Well, it's so funny because I got that I I told you it's about women's weightlifting. Yeah. Women's sports is kind of the wild west when it comes to PEDs because we don't see much of them, especially for runners, weightlifters, skiers. I think the only two that are really big is we follow the college athletes, so like volleyball, softball, basketball. And then the WNBA has a lot of procedures for PEDs because a lot of the women play in foreign countries for more time than they play in the WNBA. So they're screened a lot. And those are the only ones we see, but you don't see a lot of what's going on. So I just kind of wanted to run that by you because I thought that was really interesting. Because at first I was like, to play hopscotch with it you jump one side back to the other it seems like you put your body in some sort of flux and it could destroy you but at the same time you're seeing these you know athletes that are transitioning between genders just absolutely dominate but that's a discussion for another time and because that is again a whole large scale topic that we're just not going to cover tonight but to jump from estrogen to creating a higher density in bone, then to jump back to a slightly larger testosterone to put on muscle. It, it almost seems preposterous, but it, it really is dangerous more so from what it sounds like. Yeah, I'd almost, like, honestly, women, like, have a higher estrogen level anyway, kind of naturally, not, like, absurd amounts. Men have more testosterone, but it's not even, like, that much absurd amount of, like, testosterone i mean you have more of it but it's not like something that's unobtainable i could see because even men bodybuilders supplement with tests all the time they for some reason they think that yep that's going to help you i mean it's going to actually it will help you get some sort of you know result i mean that's what that's there for to get you stronger and more aggressive and you know dominant let's say but the estrogen necessarily for me doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't know too much about it just because I know like the natural processes, if you're working out hard, you're doing applying a lot of pressure and a lot of like things on your body, you probably will have stronger bones anyway. So I don't know why you would want to. Yeah. But I mean, unless you're over the age of like 50 and you went through menopause, you might want to because, hey, your bone, your bone. The biology bone biology is fighting a little yeah. bit against you there, but 
No, yeah, no, just an interesting question. I thought it'd float your way. It's the reason I got this. But with that, I think we'll close on that. I know, unless you have any parting thoughts from uh, what we've talked about, anything, last words you want to say? No, I am good. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I know, and thank you for doing all the research because I have no clue about any of this with when it comes to elements or altitude training. Well, just everything. It's insane. It it sounds almost fictional that you'd be able to say there's steroids out there that can imitate what you're able to do naturally in the mountains. In the mountains, so I'm happy you're able to come in, help us out a little bit with that. So and again, thanks for coming back after that first episode. I know I didn't do you justice, but thank you all for listening so much. We appreciate your ears. If you want to get in contact with the show, we've got the email at the Ben Griffin Podcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter to reach out. You want to be on the show or you have any questions, feel free to reach out. We're always uh, in the mood to chat. But with that, also feel free to check out, like I started the show with Candace, with Vincent. Um, it's a new project he's been working on. He's been working very hard on it. We're really proud of him. So give that a shout or give that a check out if you want to just kind of have a fun podcast just to hang out with him. With that, thank you guys and have a nice day.